you. Thank you so much. I have to tell you that it is really, really wonderful to be here. And I was really, um, I was really touched when I was asked to come here and speak. Um, you know, every time I get an opportunity to do something like this, it's a reminder that I'm living my dream, that people want to hear my story. It's amazing to me. Um, it's just amazing. And it's also a reminder that you can come from anywhere and have your dream realized. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from, you can, can achieve your dream. Um, you know, a lot of people ask, how did I start in the business? What's, what's my story? Why did I want to become an actor? And I, I grew up in a lower income family. I, I grew up in a trailer park, and a lot of people hear that and they think, oh, a trailer park, it comes with a, a lot of baggage. Um, but for me, as a kid, I didn't know any different. And it, I had a roof over my head, and I had food, and it was no big deal. But, um, and it also it didn't mean anything to my friends, but to their parents, it meant a lot. And that's where I learned classism. That's where I learned that it was maybe not okay to be poor. Um, that's where I learned that I was um, maybe different somehow. Um, and in that moment, um, I felt like an outsider. Now, that's not unique to me. I think everybody has felt like an outsider in their life at one point or another. Um, I'm sure everyone here has, and everyone knows what that, what that moment was. Um, but in that moment, for me, I felt just lonely, and um, I turned to books and movies. And I remember the bookmobile would come to our, um, my trailer park, and I remember getting lost in books. And I remember loving these books, and I remember feeling like I belonged. I remember reading about characters who were going through something that I was going through, um, and I just, I felt like I had a connection, like they were my friends. And the same thing with movies. Some of the first movies I remember watching were The Wizard of Oz, the Elephant Man and the Miracle Worker, all stories about people who were going through, through things that I felt like um, I, I, I understood or I learned from. Um, you know, The Wizard of Oz still touches me to this day because it was people who wanted a brain and a heart, and they went looking for the man behind the curtain to give them those things, only to realize that there was no man behind the curtain and that they had to look within. I was seven, year, seven years old when I saw that movie, and a couple years later, I had a teacher, a wonderful teacher, um, when I was in fifth grade, who had us write a skit and then perform it in front of the class. And I remember in that moment, something happening. I didn't know it at the time. Now I can define it as when I realized my calling. It was something that I knew made me feel the most alive that I'd ever felt. So I started auditioning for school plays. And I had a mother who to this day gave me the most important gift you can ever give anyone, which was the gift of believing in me. My mom told me from a very young age that I could do anything in my life as long as I worked hard enough and I had perseverance and I never gave up. So my mom gave me the, the, um, the understanding of how to deal with obstacles when they arose. Um, and to this day, my mom is still that advocate in my life. Um, I started auditioning for these school plays, and then I started doing um, repertory theater in my local hometown. 
My mom came to a crossroads in her life when I was about halfway through my 15th year. And she said, um, you know, your father and I are separated and if you really want to pursue this, we need to go to Hollywood. So this was a, a wonderful thing for me to hear and I said, let's go mom. So with $75 to our name and a gas credit card, my mom and I drove down to Los Angeles. We didn't have anywhere to go. That is one of the wonderful things about my mom. She taught me a sense of adventure as well. Um, my mom did all the worrying for, for us. Um, a lot of people say, wow, you know, you lived out of your car and wasn't that hard? No, to me it wasn't. To me, I was living this adventure. I was living my dream. I was going to pursue my dream. It was nothing but a wonderful, wonderful um, moment in, in, in my life. Um, my mom, I remember, would stand with a roll of quarters and she would cold call agents and say, my daughter's really pretty and really talented. I think you should meet her. And they would say, okay, we'll send a resume and a picture and we'll think about that. Well, I didn't have a resume and I certainly didn't have a picture. So that was a little bit uh, difficult. And one day my mom just got a, um, a, an agent who was, happened to have cold, cold calls and said, yes, we're looking for talent and why don't you come in Wednesday at two. I remember it was like it was yesterday. I went in and I remember reading this McDonald's commercial and the, the woman, um, Bonnie Liebke, saying, that was great, I'd like to be your agent. And I went out and my mom was sitting there nervous and like, oh. and I said, mom, I have an agent. That woman was my agent for five years and until I became an adult and she worked with only children and I got my, my um, adult agent. Um, you know, I've had a handful, a couple handfuls now of wonderful people who have believed in me and without them, I would not be where I am today. Um, I don't know if many of you know this saying, um, the definition of luck is when preparation meets with opportunity. And my mom also instilled in me a wonderful work ethic so that when I would go and I would audition, I would be prepared. I wanted to be prepared whenever my opportunity um, arose. Now, I also didn't knock any opportunities. I didn't think, I just want to be in big movies and you know, I don't want to do television or I don't want to do this little TV show or this little play. I always looked at every opportunity as an opportunity to grow and learn my craft. Um, and I started out um, auditioning and doing a lot of television. Now, I did a lot of comedy, believe it or not, in the beginning of my career. Every single year I would do, um, I was doing all these half hour shows and um, I wanted to start doing um, drama. I auditioned and got a, a role on Beverly Hills 90210 when it was in its eighth season and no one watched it anymore, but still it was a big deal for me. And um, I started auditioning for other dramas and I had a lot of people say to me, um, you know, you're, you're just too dramatic. I, I'm, excuse me, you're just too half hour. You're just too comedic. You're not, you're not dramatic and, and you know, this isn't gonna work for you. So my point of saying that is that I've had a lot of obstacles in my career and I, I, I choose to um, take in the constructive criticism, even though sometimes it hurts and I don't really wanna hear it. And other things that people will say, your lips are too big, your forehead is too big, what kind of name is Swank? You know, all of these things and say, okay, well, okay, that's your opinion. Of course it stings, no one wants to hear your forehead's too big and your lips are too big or whatever other things I don't wanna share with you all right now. Um, so I chose to put those things on the side, but the point is I always 
look at every, every opportunity that I have in which to grow from it and learn from it and take something from it because I know that every single day that I wake up and get to do what I love, that I'm grateful. And I want to continue doing what I love, which means I have to continue learning about my business in whatever way, shape, or form that is. And, um, you know, when I was told I was too half hour and wasn't going to be able to do drama, four months later I got Boys Don't Cry. And in that moment, I was given the opportunity to do drama. And I won the best uh, dramatic uh, award for best actress that year. It just happened like that and all of a sudden I was doing drama. Then when I wanted to start doing comedy again, everyone was like, but you're a dramatic actress. So again, I just, you know, I stand here just to let you know that with all the success that I've had in my life, I continue today to fight for the things that I want and to fight for the things that I believe in. Nothing is handed to me. I thought after my first Academy Award, everything was gonna change. I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I'm gonna get all these opportunities to do all these other things and I'm gonna have so many scripts coming in and so many offers to work with the people that I love. This is just great. Well, I, what hit me was that my first role that people saw me in and my first impression was that of a boy. And I had to deal with that and I had to realize this is a business too. And that for all these people who were supposed to be the most creative people in the world, they weren't so creative. They were mostly business-minded. But I could choose to be bitter about that and be angry and go, how can they not see me as a girl? I'm a girl. Instead, I took my meetings, I went out, and I did my work. Because I have a choice every single day to grow or not grow. I have a choice to rest on my laurels or a choice to continue to find roles that challenge me and, and help me um, learn more about myself and, 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 and the human condition. So thank you for having me here today. And um, I had such a short amount of time to try and condense everything. I wish I could talk to you more about my training for Million Dollar Baby and my passing for a boy for, for Boys Don't Cry, but maybe next year. <laughs> My name is Michael Motto. I'm a criminologist at Cambridge University. And uh, thank you, first of all, for your, your craft and your talent. I first saw Boys Don't Cry when I was in college at Yale. And um, we, we didn't speak for about 10 minutes after seeing the film. And people caught that issue, like seeing, seeing the world in, in color versus black and white. My question is about the relationship between art and politics mm -hmm. um, and how what you do and what art does can humanize stories in ways that can really uh, affect social change? Mm -hmm. um, it's a great, great question. And, um, you know, I have to tell you that when I'm asked to speak at things like this, where these, these people who, you know, changed the world and health and, 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 you know, President Clinton last night, and I'm like, I'm an actor. <laughs> How do I belong here? You know that Sesame Street thing, one thing is not like the other? Um, <laughs> I just keep thinking that they're going to see me and, like, go, boom, don't belong here. Uh, but, and, and what I do realize, um, because I experience it, the one wonderful thing about my job is that I get to see life on a very deep and profound level from a lot of different ways. I would have never known what it felt like to be a person with a sexual identity crisis had I not cut my hair off and passed as a boy for four weeks to feel the injustice of what these people feel when they're not um, able to be defined by people. Um, it's, it's a, uh, 
you know, I work with these kids now too who are lesbian, transgendered, and questioning youth um, and gay. And every day of their life, every day, they are um, abused either physically or mentally. It's a part of their life just because they can't be defined. Um, and it's just interesting, the whole psychological aspect of someone not being able to figure out who someone is and how that challenges them as, as a person. Um, I get to learn about these things on a very deep and profound level. And because of that, I get to go around and talk about it and just raise awareness um, in, 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 in different aspects and different areas. I just you know, um, had a movie call, come out called Freedom Riders. And um, it was a wonderful, wonderful reminder that even in this day and age when we're so advanced, how people are still so prejudiced um, and judge people by how they look or how they act. Um, and these kids that this story was about, it's a true story. They were thrown out. They were thrown in the trash, told that they were never going to amount to anything, that, that they were going to be nothing. Well, if you're told that your whole life, where's your, you, you, you don't have anything to pull from. And of course you're going to join gangs. And, and most of these kids were in, 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 in gangs. And it took that one person to believe in them and say, you have just as much of a place in the world as anybody else, and you need to look within and find what it is you want and go after it. So yes, it's a wonderful, wonderful part of my job that I get to go around and talk about and make movies that have such an impact. Thank you. Hello, yes. Hi. Hi. My name is Keon West. I'm a Rhodes Scholar from Jamaica, Oxford University Psychology. Um, I'm not a very emotional person, but I was... <laughs> <laughs> I was deeply moved multiple times when watching Million Dollar Baby. Thank you. And actually would really appreciate it if you could hit me once before this entire thing. I, I guarantee that if I hit you, you'll feel very emotional. <laughs> I was wondering about that movie in particular, a very moving, very touching movie. How much of that was you in that movie? Because you mentioned that you came from humble beginnings and that yes. you rose up much like the character in the movie. And then their training was briefly mentioned and I'd really like to hear some of that as well. Yeah, I, um, first of all, um, thank you. I uh, was given this wonderful opportunity to be a part of a film that I feel like was more, um, more me than any character I've ever played. And so I felt like this character was in my marrow somehow. And in order to be um, truthful to this character, I needed to put on muscle and be believable as a boxer. Million Dollar Baby and the training for Million Dollar Baby was the most difficult thing I have ever done physically in my life. I, I learned so much about me, myself as a person on a very deep and profound level, and it's something that I will carry with me always. Just to quickly um, try and tell you, my training, I trained five hour, four and a half to five hours a day, six days a week. I started when I got that movie at 108 pounds, and I wanted, my goal was to put on 10 pounds of muscle. I had two months, two months in which to do that. I started training, I would do two and a half hours a day of boxing, and then the rest was weightlifting. I hired a nutritionist, and the nutritionist um, had me eating 210 grams of protein a day. It was very difficult for you to assimilate that much protein, so I had to eat every hour and a half, which meant I had to wake up in the night and drink protein shakes. 
I had to eat 60 egg whites in a day. Very difficult, so I chose to drink them instead. I would just plug, plug my nose and drink them. I would wake up and I would say, my body would hurt in every way. In every way, I felt like I was dying. And I thought, I can't, I can't get up and do it today. And I continued to get up and say that. And what I realized when I was saying I can't is that I wasn't able to grow. I wasn't able to change. I was, I was, the, the biggest lesson I think I learned in my life was from that. Because in that moment, I realized that I, me, myself, was my own biggest obstacle. And if I woke up and I said I can't, in any way, now I carry that with me now, if I wake up and say, I'm not going to be able to do that, I can't do that, I stop myself and I say, why are you saying that? Look how far you've come. Look what your mom instilled in you. Look at all the people who believed in you. They think you can. And I change my, 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 my mind. I change my, my thought process. And I say, you can. If you set your mind to it, Hillary, and you want this in your life, you can do it. So that's the biggest thing that I learned, that, is that I was my own biggest obstacle. And when I got out of the way of myself, I ended up putting on 19 pounds of muscle. So thanks. And it's just, it's the power of, of getting out of your own way and listening to the people that you brought into your life to help get you there and trusting them. So I think that's all that we have time for. Thank you. Thank you.